last three weeks, we have uh, walked together through this series called Engage Purpose, and it's been such a powerful moment for us to remind ourselves about why it is that God has placed us here today, why God has placed us here now. The first week, we brought clarity to our callings and how a lot of times we get it confused, our primary calling with our secondary calling. Our secondary calling, just as a reminder, is what it is that we can do for God. But so often in church, we try to put that one first, right? Like, what am I supposed to do? Who am I supposed to be? What are the giftings and the talents and the sick abilities that God has given me? But what God is really challenging us to do, and this is how we started Engage Purpose, is to remember that our primary calling is to just be with God. And so let me take you back three weeks and encourage you once again. If you're here today and you're wondering what God wants you to do, first dig into who God has created you to be. That's all right. There we go. The second week, uh, Pastor Sam came in, and he spoke an amazing message about how in order to engage our purpose, we need to remember that we have an interdependence on each other, and that we need to separate ourselves from the things that try to pull us apart. If we're going to see God move in this city, it's only going to happen if we're moving in the same direction. I say that again. If we're going to see God move in this city, it's only going to happen if we're moving in the same direction. If we are trying to engage purpose for what it is that we can build and the monuments that we can build and the altars that we can build that tell of our greatness, don't be surprised if God waits for that to pass. Because we're not here to build our legacy. We're here to find out how to point people to Jesus. Last week, we talked about how with our hearts, we need to zero in on our commission about what makes us the church and just remind you of those three B's that we covered last week, that we are the bride, we are the body, and we are the building. And all of these three things together make the beautiful church what it is. This week, we want to dig into our own personal ministry, calling, and our capacity where it deeply matters and where it is that God is calling us to. Being a part of the church is such a humbling and growing experience. It's a lot like uh, in my own life as I've gotten older and I've been humbled again and again and again. And nothing has humbled me as much as marriage. It's true. I got married at 20 years old. If you're 20 and you're wondering, like, wow, am I behind? You're not. Uh, I was a youth pastor for 12 years, and I remember kids learning my story. They're like 14, 15 years old, and you remember when, like, 20 seems so far away, right? When you're 15 years old, you're like, oh, I'll never be that old. And then all of my youth would hit 20 years old, and almost every single one of them would come up to me, and they'd be like, Pastor Mitch, I'm 20. I'm like, yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Are you okay? He's like, no, no, no. Like, how did you know that Cassie was the one? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. All right, well, let me tell you what everybody else told me. You're too young. It's okay. You got your whole life. Like, pace yourself. It's all right. But it was God's purpose on my life that to bring Cassie into my life, and it was God's purpose for me to be able to kind of trick her and fool her into saying yes. And so Cassie uh, uh, married me at 20 years old, and it has been a humbling experience of learning of how to fit within this marriage. One of the things that I've learned is that I am not the calendar keeper. 
And so many of you have already heard this, and uh, many of you who are more senior than me, you kind of give me that nod. Gentlemen, you know who you are. I see you. Uh, and behind just being like, wise, wise. As I say, oh, you'd like to get together for dinner, or oh, like all these different things, talk to Cassie. Because there's been too many times where I've agreed to something and gone home and told Cassie, hey, guess what? We have a great opportunity. And she looks at me and I'm like, uh-oh. Right? You know those moments. Come on. I know I'm not alone, right? Where it's like, honey, 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 I told you three weeks ago and then many times since then that we already have something on that day. And so I have come to the wisdom and knowledge that in my marriage, it is not up to me to set the time and the dates of things. I pass that along to my wife. You'll hear me say, oh, that's awesome that you want to get together. You need to find Cassie. You need to do that like right now, okay, because I'm not going to agree to anything because there's wisdom in growing and understanding where it is that you're placed. There's different things that I can offer in the marriage that Cassie can't offer, and I'm not going to get into how that, like, long that list is this morning because that's, that's not my place. That's not my place. And actually, just, just on that note, next week, Cassie will be speaking on Mother's Day. And, uh, and so I'll leave that part of the list to her. Uh, but it is really exciting. It'll be the first time uh, that she's spoken in, uh, in six years from the main stage. And so I'm really, really excited. And it just continues to be a, a tribute to how right this designation and this uh, calling into this position of ministry has been, not just for me, but for my family. And uh, so so excited for her. But this is important because in order for us to fully function as individuals, we also need to remember that we're part of a team. And just as I couldn't possibly survive, much less, much less make it in this life without Cassie, we cannot survive or make it without each other. Ephesians chapter 2, 19, Paul says this to the church of Ephesus. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And as members of the household of God, we need to remember that, yes, we each have our own personal part to play, but together we have a shared ministry. This is where we need to start today, by clarifying what our shared ministry is, so that our giftings and our purpose and our calling can fit inside what God has called all of us to. For 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 17 to 19 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Thank you, God. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, but entrusting and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Church, this is our call. This is our purpose. As God has gifted us and has created us all different and separate, it is important for us to remember that our job is to show the world how much they need Jesus. That our lives would be a light to God, showing the world that without God, we couldn't do it. And hey, the same that's true for me is true for you. So many of our friends and co-workers and neighbors and people that don't know Jesus yet have been brought into our lives. And we need to help them to understand that we are not capable on our own, just as they are not capable on their own. And the tiredness that our world is trapped in, a lot of it comes from not being connected to the true source. In this world, there is light and dark. 
In this world, there is spirit versus flesh. In this world, the truth is that you can be dead or be born again. There is alienated from God or reconciled to God. But in all of these things, one thing is clear, that God loves us. Romans 5.8 says this, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Come on. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Because we know God does not make us better from those who don't know God. Hello? But our call is to show them that without him, no one is truly alive. Let us not hold the gift of our salvation as something heavy to weigh on people that don't know him. Church, we are not better. But we're saved. We are not more gifted. But we know the one who creates the gifts. Our call collectively is to deliver the message of reconciliation. That the world would know him as well. And this is important because we are all members of the body. We spoke of this last week, but we are individually ministers of this exclusive reconciliation. We need to be able to, as we examine our own lives, ask ourselves this question, how has the Holy Spirit gifted me to serve others so that they can see Jesus? How has the Holy Spirit gifted me to serve others so that they can see Jesus? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Four questions that we want to answer really quickly, and I encourage you to write these things down. Number one, have you been faithful to what God has given you? Number two, How does God clarify his purpose in you? Number three, do you know your spiritual gifts? And number four, which may be the most important in the the culture that we're in today, are you in touch with your gift of limits? Are you in touch with your gift of limits? So the first question, are you faithful to what it is that God has given you? And I want to talk specifically about what God has given you as the church. Church, have you been faithful with the gift of salvation? Have you been faithful with the gift of stewardship? And have you been faithful in your gift of service? Salvation is a costly gift. We see this through the cross. It costs Jesus everything. Each of us have received it freely. It costs us nothing to receive, but as you read in Matthew 16, 24 to 25, in order to steward our salvation properly, it will cost us everything. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself first and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. From God's ultimate love, we have been saved. From his ultimate love, we will willingly deny ourselves. Take up our cross and follow Jesus. And lose our life. Because we know that a love like his is worth everything. Have you been faithful in your salvation? Have you put aside your own desires and your own needs and instead say, God, anything, everything, for that mission of reconciliation? Have you been stewarding your time and talent and treasure through that lens? 
How is it that all of these things that God has trusted me with, how are these things pointing back to him? And in those areas where they're not, are we asking God how they can? Have we been faithful with our time to serve others inside and outside of the church? There's this statistic in the church that about 10 to 20% of churchgoers uh, actually fulfill 100% of the mission within the body. That statistic is garbage and should be something that we actively work against. If Life Center is home, where are you serving? Come on. If Life Center is home, where are you serving? Because God has not placed you in this building to fill a seat. If this was football, I'd spike the microphone right now. Right? God has not placed you in this building to fill a seat. God has placed you here for purpose. Collectively, our purpose is reconciliation. Why has God placed you here, and how is that pointing people to Jesus? Right? The second question, well, how does God clarify our purpose? God clarifies and forms each of us in the same way, but through vastly different experiences. It's like learning how to ride a bike. Many of us have learned how to ride a bike, but each of us in different ways, depending on who it was that taught you. Maybe you were gifted the pleasure of training wheels. How lucky are you? My father would grab the back of the bike seat. Have you been there? Right? And if my mom was there, my dad was holding on. And if my mom wasn't there, my dad, my dad was quick to let go. All of us have learned these things through different experiences, but for the same purpose of wanting to ride a bike. Maybe even in your family, you believed in helmets. It's important for us to remember that each person in this room is uniquely and wonderfully made. We are called to be geared and, and directed towards that, that, that call of reconciliation, but all of us, God is going to lead us to that place in all sorts of different ways so that we would one day hear what Jesus says in Matthew 25, 23, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. It is important for us to go on this journey with God, each and every one of us, to learn how to ride the bike as God would have us ride it. And remember that as long as reconciliation is our main focus, as long as trying to point people to Jesus to be the light that he's called us to be, that is okay if we all get there in a different way. It is not your job to do it all. To wear the training wheels, to hold the bike, to wear the helmet. It is not your job also to fulfill the giftings and the ministry of someone else that's sitting beside you. Thank you, God. And so this is important for us because now we need to identify our own spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are a lot like superpowers. I'll take you back to winter just a couple of months ago. I know, I know. Stay with me. Where you wake up in the morning and you see that your driveway is full of snow and your walkway is absolutely covered and you look out to your left and your right and your neighbors are too and you feel that in your spirit. God say, don't just take care of yourself. Okay, God. Okay. And you walk outside and you grab that shovel. 
And you can dig out, and you can dig out, and eventually, after the strenuous amount, especially if it's that heavy, wet snow, why, God, why? And with a shovel, you can accomplish much, but with the Holy Spirit active in your life, it's as though you look outside, and you head straight for the garage, and you fire up that snowblower. Right? God bless those people on our, on our roads that have snowblowers, and they just know what it is that they've been placed there for, for each and every one of us to benefit. See, identifying our spiritual gifts will allow you to take on the pressures of the day in a whole different way. To be able to walk into different situations where on your own they are impossible, but with God you can move in a level of ease. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John 3, 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. When it comes to following the Holy Spirit and understanding where it is that he's called us to be, it's like understanding where you're supposed to raise the mast of, of the sail. So that you can best catch the wind and go where it is that God has specifically called you to go for the collective purpose of reconciliation. It's not about what makes you special. It's about what makes you unique in the church. The final thing this morning, are you in touch with your gift of limits? Earlier already we quoted Matthew 25, well done, my good and faithful servant. But that's, this is actually uh, the end of a, a, a message that Jesus delivers on the parable of talents. It opens with these words, Matthew 25, verse 15. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another, to another one. To each according to his ability, then he went away. We are each called to steward what it is that God has given us. But it's important for us to remember that our God is not concerned about fairness. Not everybody in this room is made the same. Come on. Comparison is not what it is that God has asked us to step into. Come on, church. That we would look around and say, okay, God, but why, but why? No. God says, I love you, and you are exactly who I created you to be. See, he's not, a, he's not focused on fairness, but he is a stickler for faithfulness. With what he's trusted you with, have you been faithful? With what he's trusted you with, have you been faithful? You are not called to fulfill someone else's plan, but you are called to bear the fruit with what he entrusted you with. It's important for us to understand that we all, in this area of spiritual gifts, we also have limits. There are intellectual limits. Don't we all know it? Emotional, emotions have limits. Spiritual gifts have limits. Life experiences have limits. Skills have limits. Finances have limits. Leadership has limits. The church has limits. With God, there are no limits. Amen? And we are like God, but let us not forget, we are not God, nor will we ever be. He is infinite, we are finite. When we exceed our God-given limits, that's where the, the, the area of burnout can occur. And church, we need each and every one of you. We need each and every person to be well-equipped and acknowledge what it is that God has called them to, to engage their purpose properly. Properly. 
And if the church collectively is not engaging its purpose properly, that's where we, we can begin to place too much on some members of the body. Hello? The person to your right and to your left are not called to fill the space that you are called to fill. In order for the church to move properly, in order for the world to see that our light shines bright, each and every one of us needs to pick up and carry what it is that God has trusted us with. If we don't, this is what leads to the celebrity culture. This is what it leads to, the spotlight being too focused on one or two or three people. This is what has led to a misunderstanding of the proper role of pastor. If God is speaking into your life over this, over this season of how it is that you're to engage purpose, don't just go to a pastor and say, hey, I have this great idea and I wonder how you're going to do it. Nothing excites me more than hearing my friends and co-workers and my church members saying, hey, God is speaking to me in an area. God is speaking to me about something. I heard this today in worship. Or I was reading through this in my devotions, and, and that's so exciting. And immediately as God spoke this into my life, I thought, mm, Pastor Mitch needs to do that. Church, that's not what we're called to do. And I jest about that, but I, I, I grew up in the church and I've watched as many people have attended church and, and not put hands to the plow and I don't understand because God has clearly speaking to them about things, but we've misrepresented what the church is supposed to be. Well, there are other people who would carry this. No, if God is speaking to you, he's asking you to pick it up. If God is speaking to you, he's asking you to pick it up. So that the church can engage its full purpose. Can out of Life Center, there's more. Pastor Julie was here last week and gave this amazing report of everything that Life Center is a part of right now as it comes to outreach. But I want to let you know there's more. There are dreams that God is birthing right here in this church. And we are going to watch as Kanata takes note of what it is that God is doing in this room. And so let God speak and engage him on that level of who he created you to be so that we can see the spiritual gifts, so that we can see the reconciliation of our Lord to our city flourish and grow and ignite all across Canada. Whether you're online or here in person, I want to let you know he loves you and he's called you. He sent his son to die on the cross for you. But it's for a purpose. That in your knowledge of him, and as you get to know him more, that you would unlock why it is that you're here. And so that we collectively as a church would be able to stand in awe of who our God is. Let's pray this morning. We'll have a prayer team up here at the front after this prayer if you'd like to come and engage deeper with this or if there's something going on in your life and you're saying, hey, Pastor Mitch, I, I can't do this on our own. That's awesome. You've been listening because <laughs> you're not called to. Let us pray with you. Let us believe with you 
that whatever circumstance or trial that you find yourself in, that God is greater. And he's in it. And he's going to see you through. Because that's who our God is. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity this morning to engage purpose. I lift up Cassie right now, God, and all of the mothers, Lord Jesus, in this room, all of our ladies in this room, God, as we get ready for Mother's Day, let's not just celebrate on the day, but God, in this week leading up, that we would be so thankful for who it is that you've placed in our lives. This morning, God, I ask for the church, God, that we would take a look at what it is that you've given us, whether two talents or five talents or ten talents. And Lord, may we ask ourselves, am I stewarding well the things that God has given me? And not for my own benefit, but Lord, am I pointing everything back to you? With whatever you've given me, God, is it pointing to you? And Lord, may we not get into the comparison narrative. Lord Jesus, in the kingdom of God, Two talents fully devoted to shining the light back to the kingdom of God is greater than 20 talents that are being buried in the sand. So God, help us to understand our purpose, that we would engage it individually and as a church. God, we love you so much. We are so thankful, each and every one of us, for the salvation that you have bestowed upon this room. And anyone in the sound of my voice that doesn't know you yet, Lord, if this is your will, that they would choose you today. God, I pray that they would fill it out on a connect card, that they would talk to somebody before they leave, Lord, that there would be freedom in this room. And we ask that today in your holy name. Amen.